Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, there are plenty of candidates for the toughest role in business, but sales has got to be up there with them. It's a thankless job that can be tough to stay positive in if things aren't going your way. But fortunately for me and you, two of my guests today are leading lights in this area. Jeremy Cassell and Tom Bird are co-authors of Brilliant Selling, first published in 2009 and now in its third edition. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning, Bobby. Nice to be here. Good morning, Bobby. Yeah, very good. Thanks a lot for having us on your program. Now, Tom, we might start with you. Firstly, this is a collaborative book. Can you tell me uh, when you two first began collaborating? Oh, my goodness. It must be uh, twenty, almost 20 years ago, I would guess. Uh, we bumped into each other. Uh, we were both on a, on a training course at the time, and, and we just hit it off. Similar values, similar goals, uh, both been involved in sales as kind of accidental salespeople, and we've been working together pretty much uh, ever since. Right. And Jeremy, tell us a little bit about the success of the book, Brilliant Selling, sold over 80,000 copies, uh, pub, uh, published in, in so many different languages. What, what do you put down to the success of the book? Uh, good question, Bobby. Well, I think it hit a nerve when we, it was published back in 2009 initially. What was interesting, at least from our perspective, Bobby, was that originally we were going to write a book on sales management. So our belief was there were plenty of books on sales and lots of books on management, but not very many books on sales management. But to cut a long story short, after writing a proposal and getting into Pearson's head office, they decided there wasn't a market for it. And uh, it was actually a classic sales situation, Bobby, because we'd gone in there hoping to sign the contract. And they said, look, I don't think there's a market for this. And one of us said, well, what other books are you going to be publishing in the next few years and uh, and and the commissioning editor said oh well actually we're we're uh, going to be writing we're going to be publishing brilliant selling and we said have you got anyone for that and uh, what happened was that um, they said yes we've got three people th- three groups or people who want to write the book but uh, no contract has been signed yet so we said well look can we throw our hat into the ring and they said yes and Tom and I booked ourselves into the Charing Cross Hotel in London wrote the first chapter, wrote the overview, got the proposal in within about four days and got the gig. And that was in 2008 and it was published in 2009. Okay. So, Tom, that was a classic example of a selling situation that Jeremy just outlined there, where you tailor your product to the needs of what the customer wanted. In that case, it was a, it was a publisher looking for a specific topic. So can we bring that into the, I suppose, into the general sales arena like has cha- has sales changed much over the years? I, I would have done a lot of selling over my career. It's something I'm still keenly interested in. But yet, do you think the process has changed? Well, I think I think a number of things have changed, particularly because of the the, the pandemic, which has changed pretty much fundamentally the way people work. Uh, so so online selling is now much more of a thing than it ever used to be. But whilst selling. Uh, the selling environment has changed. I mean, really, it is a people business. And a lot of the best salespeople didn't set out to become salespeople. They, they kind of fell into it. And, and in fact, if you, if you talk to a lot of people who are really effective at selling, they don't actually believe they're selling anything to anybody because the reality is very few people are, want to be sold to, but everybody's open to being influenced. So in a very real way, um, I think that selling has just become a little more sophisticated and it's now much more about influence 
And if it's changed in some fundamental areas, I think partly that's down to the buyers of products and services today are, are just more sophisticated than they used to be. They've got access to more information. They involve a salesperson later on in the sales cycle. And therefore, salespeople need to look at other ways of adding value rather than being pushy. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that, that, you know, that the, the amount of desk research somebody can do now before they ever even get to the salesperson is certainly a, a difference, uh, a different from the way it was. What about, um, I, I have a rule and I don't know, it's a very crude one, but I don't, I don't buy off people I don't like. Um, and I don't say that in any kind of glib way because, you know, sometimes maybe you do have to do things in business that you don't, or deal with people you don't really necessarily want to deal with. But I think in the ideal world, would most people be in that space? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I remember when I first got my job, as my first job in sales with a company called L'Oreal, a beauty and cosmetics company. And I remember my sales manager at the time saying, look, all you have to do, Jeremy, is ensure that you become friends with the people who you, who you sell to, and they will buy off you. And that was the case in the early 90s. Uh, but, you know, that is still important, isn't it? Because I, I agree with you, Bobby. You know, business is personal. We want to, to, to give business to people we know, like, and trust. So that is still a fundamental. Relationships are still critical in business, I think. And people, still, although Tom is absolutely right, the modern buyer has become more sophisticated. Procurement processes are now commonplace in many in many situations, but I still think there is a, a huge emphasis on that one-to-one interaction, development of trust, and that key question that you brought up, Bobby, do I really like that person? And am I prepared to give that person my business and and you know and whatever it is I'm selling? I remember my wife, Susie, once uh, told me that she sold one of her car, she had a like a you know a classic car and she sold it to someone. Um, at about a thousand pounds less, but because she liked the person, and someone else came in, offered lot more, lots more, but she didn't feel as though she wanted to sell her car to that to that person. So I still think that's that is a critical element of selling. What about uh, another uh, bugbear of mine? Product knowledge. Again, somebody understanding and knowing intimately what it is, the good or service that they might be selling. Like to me, if somebody doesn't know about the product or the service, they're not really going to do a great job about selling it. I would agree. I, I, th I think, uh, you know, we, we've said that, it, well, you said, Bobby, that, that people now in a position to buy a product or service can do so much more desk research. So when they come into an interaction with a salesperson, often it's much later in the buying process than it would have been a few years ago. And they found out a lot more information. So the kiss of death for a salesperson really is not to be able to engage and be able to add value through product or service knowledge. And that needs to be done at a level that is more sophisticated than it used to be because of that very reason. People are just more knowledgeable. When I went out to buy a car recently, I knew everything about that car when I walked into the showroom. So I'm expecting something very different from my interaction with the salesperson. Okay. Um, what about then maybe some 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 nuggets for listeners this morning maybe some key do's and don'ts in, in in today's world if you're in the business of sales can you just impart some of the knowledge that you've that you've shared in the book with us well maybe if i i start with something and then hand back to jeremy one thing that i think is critical is and i think we've touched on it you know 
it is about having a passion or a belief in the product or service you're selling. And, and really, if you want to be successful, you've got to create the right emotion in the mind of the other person, in the mind of the buyer, so that they want to listen to you. And I think a lot of salespeople don't pay attention to that. When you're engaging with somebody, before you interact in terms of product knowledge or even asking for the sale itself, you've got to take note of how they seem to be feeling. And what have you done to put them in the right frame of mind in order for them to make it easy to say yes to your proposition? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think to add to, to that, to add to that, Bobby, we the second edition came out in 2015 and Tom and I spent quite a lot of time thinking about what has changed in those seven years or so and over and above COVID, which obviously Tom's talked about. One of the things that I think in terms of a nugget is so is social selling and personal branding. So nowadays, if you are going to be successful in selling, most people have to get better at personal branding, you know, the why of why should I buy off you? And in most cases, because it's the best net, the best network and the most professional one, you've got to have a decent, a decent go at LinkedIn and ensure that your profile is both current and up to date and that you're adding value through your posts and interaction with others. So one of the things that's absolutely changed in the last seven years is the power of social selling, which creates the dynamics of what Tom and I call persuasion. You're more likely to be able to persuade someone that you're both credible, that you can connect, and you've got sufficient value, so that when you start the conversation, you can tick some of those boxes before the specific conversation develops. Yeah. Just to go further on that, Jeremy, then, you know, if if you're wanting to buy a product and you know that there's maybe five suppliers for that product. You go and check the LinkedIn profile of the five guys who are going to be selling to you. One guy has a brilliant LinkedIn. One guy has a terrible one. You only have time to see three people. You know, you could be eliminated before you start by having the wrong or inadequate social profile. Precisely. So some, when someone looks you up, you're going to be, you know, your your LinkedIn profile is going to come up by the probably first or second and that sort of thing does matter nowadays, whether you like it or not. So I think, you know, you're behaving like a dinosaur, really, if you're not on LinkedIn and you don't have a decent profile, you're not posting regularly. And most importantly, you're posting content that's of value to your either existing clients or prospects. And finally, then, can we just maybe look forward, you know, to the, the world of selling and any more changes coming down the line as to how sales salespeople might have to adapt to a, an ever-changing marketplace? Well, I think, I think this idea of ever-changing market, it's an overused phrase, but I think it's fair to say that over the last two or three years with pandemic, um, the environment has changed more than it has uh, in our previous kind of living history in terms of selling. So I think the main changes are, as Jeremy said, into social selling and branding, that's now the first impression that you create. And if the first impression is I've only got 27 followers, I've got quite a dour face uh, photograph on my LinkedIn profile, then that's the first impression you're creating. I think the other thing is um, salespeople have got to exhibit more leadership now uh, than perhaps they did before because they're now leading uh, sales calls over Zoom and other online platforms. And these are uh, these are environments that are new to the salesperson, they're new to the client, 
And so it's really important that the salesperson becomes stronger in terms of their ability to lead a sales process. And also, I think more than ever, they've got to think very carefully about how they add value and continue to add value in every interaction they have with a client. You've got to create an environment where a client wants to buy from you rather than the traditional role where the salesperson pushed their product or service. Okay. It's now about creating uh, it's about creating attraction. Okay. Well, look, it's a, it's a great read. Anybody who has any interest, indeed, in business or in sales uh, should get a copy of it. It's called Brilliant Selling. The authors are Tom Bird and Jerry Castle, Jeremy Castle. Thanks for joining us this morning, lads, and uh, every success in your sales world. Thanks very much, Bobby. Bobby, thank you so much for having us on. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.